Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Find your seats. This morning has already been so wonderful. Two weeks ago was Resurrection Sunday, and we said, Christ has risen, and you all said... He is risen indeed. And then last week was Baptism Sundays. We baptized eight people here at New Life Manitou. Let's praise the Lord for that. Um, that's the, the most we've ever had by far. And if you ever wonder, like sometimes we wonder as Christians because the Lord works inside of us and his kingdom is a heavenly kingdom. If we ever wonder, is the Lord working among us? Well, then there's, there's weeks like last week where we baptized eight people. We're like, yes, he has been working. He is at work. He is good. His power is being displayed among us. So today's message, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Today's title is The Holy Spirit is Our Advocate. And so we're going to talk about what that is, what that means, but some really good news. You have someone with you today. You have a guide with you today. You have a helper. You have an advocate. So today's message, I hope to lift you up and to show us that God loves us and he has sent himself for us and the Holy Spirit can live inside of you. Amen? Amen. Stand up with me. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 16. If you brought your paper Bible with you. Anybody bring paper Bibles? I see a couple. Look, good job. If you said someone next to you brought a paper Bible, give them a little thumbs up. That's great. If it's on your phone, that's great too. We will put it up on the screens. The main thing is to get it into your heart. So however you do that, listen to these words. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples about the coming of the Holy Spirit. So the words of Jesus, John 16, verse seven, Jesus says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Some translations say, it's actually better that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Verse eight, when he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear to hear. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ is in our midst. Let's pray. God, Holy Spirit, right now we pray to you. You are our guide. You do reveal truth to us. And so, Holy Spirit, right now we pray to you. Open our hearts this morning. Open our minds. May you empower us, Lord, with your, with your power, your spirit, that we may walk out of here encouraged, believing, strengthened by your word and by your presence and by your spirit. So we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted, amen. amen. You may find your seat. Um, let's overview. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Last week, Brett did an incredible job opening this sub-series of this sermon series that we're on. The whole series is called, Who is God? And we've been talking, we've been saying, invite people who don't normally come to church because we're going to explain some foundations of our faith. We're going to talk about 
who God is, the Father, the Son, and now, starting last week, the Holy Spirit. This series will continue on to uh, Pentecost Sunday, which is June 5th, the day we celebrate that God sent his Holy Spirit. He himself came in a great way. There was fire, there was speaking in tongues. You could read about it in the book of Acts. And so we will celebrate, we can conclude, we will conclude that, this sermon series on that day. And between now and then, we're gonna answer some questions. I listed some. We're going to say, who is the Holy Spirit? We'll answer that question. The role of the Holy Spirit in the triune Godhead and what in the world a triune Godhead is. We'll talk about that. We can answer the question, can we pray to the Holy Spirit? We'll talk about the the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, this is an unforgivable sin. And so what is that? And what did he mean by that? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What are these words? Some churches are charismatic, Pentecostal. Some churches are not. What is this? What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Are some for today or are all of them for today? What about some of the interesting ones like prophecy or the gift of tongues? Or is that the same thing as a prayer language? What about weird stuff? You go to churches and there's like weird stuff that's like, this is the Holy Spirit. And you're like, no, that's just weird. And you're like, that's okay. I'm from Manitou. I'm weird, but this is really weird. What do we do with that? So this sermon series between now and in the beginning of June, we're going to answer some of these questions now and some of them we will save for this sermon series. The title today, getting into the word of God, looking at what Jesus said, we believe that he told us he's going to send us the advocate. And this is the Holy Spirit. The title, the theme of this sermon is the Holy Spirit is our advocate. Does anyone know, a little quiz for you. Anyone know the Greek word that we translate as advocate? Does anyone know the Greek word starts with a P? Pericles. Raise your hand. You read, you knew it. Okay, good job. A couple hands. Well done. Greek scholars, nerd fighters. Well done. Um, The advocate, it's sometimes translated paraclete, is sometimes translated helper. Sometimes translated, the message says, the friend. It definitely has a definition of someone who is representing us, someone who is counseling us, someone who is wisely guiding us. And maybe one of the best translations from this ancient world, there was profession of a paraclete in the legal world. And the best maybe translation that we can have today is a lawyer. That's what we mean when we say the, the Holy Spirit is our lawyer. Like how many of you like were like, no, no you're, not, you're not a fan of lawyers. Any, anybody not a fan of lawyers? I mean, there's a, there's a sense of like greed uh, amongst lawyers. And, and that's not a lawyer. That's just people. And people become lawyers and it's an avenue where there's a lot of wealth. There's a lot of jokes about lawyers. Like a lawyer had a daughter. Guess what he named her? Sue. (laughs) How do you get a group of lawyers to smile for a picture? You say, fees, fees. (laughs) There was a young man who had a lot of legal questions. He met a lawyer at a coffee shop, kind of in passing. He said, I know you lawyers charge a whole bunch of money for, for legal advice, but can I just give you quickly $500 for you to answer me one question? And the lawyer said, sure. Now, what's your second question? (laughs) But a good lawyer, 
A good lawyer. I know I have a, I have a good friend who's a Christian. Uh, he's a lawyer. He does great. For, he works for El Paso County. Uh, the Nolans. I see you, Susan. Her, uh, her, da, her son-in-law is becoming a lawyer. We need really good lawyers. And if you've ever been in a situation where you need a good lawyer and you have one, how grateful are you? It's amazing. They, they are the ones who know the law. They know the codes. They help you. They guide you. And they're assigned to you. And they, they, they are like they are for your benefit. So imagine this little story. I'm going to present to you a little story. And I might lose you with this little story. But I'm going to use it as a metaphor to talk about the Holy Spirit. So let's say you're drinking your coffee one morning. You're reading the Bible. Let's say you're reading the Psalms. What's your favorite Psalm? 91, Psalm 91, you're reading uh, about you know, how good God is and how he's your protector and you're going through that and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 you hear a knock on the door, police, open up and you get up and, and you open the door, how can I help you officers? And they bust in, They're, this is our search warrant, they come into your house, one says freeze and pins you up against the wall, cuffs you right then and there and you're being charged, you've read your rights, you're being charged for some like complex thing, like uh, uh, property tax evasion in another state involving uh, like multiple levels of laundering. And you're like, what in the way? I didn't do this. I've never even been to that state. You're like, oh yeah, I did go to that state once. And I did, oh, I have a friend who's in that state. And a couple years ago, you're like, oh yeah, me and that friend went into this, some a, a business deal. And then it kind of failed and you never thought anything about it. You were a younger person then. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's what it must be. They cuff you, they bring you to El Paso County, they strip you of your clothes, strip you of your cell phone, they put you in the, the, the orange jumper, you're in a jail cell. It's concrete, white walls, metal toilet, you're sitting there all night, you're wondering what's going to happen. Then the next morning, clink, 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 a, a knock at your door, an officer says, would you like to meet with your lawyer? How many of you would get up and say, yes, I want to meet? If you're not raising your hand, you got to be crazy. Because what are you thinking? Like, oh, I'll just wing it. I'll, I'll figure this out. No, you're looking like at 10 to 15 years of jail. You're looking at like a half a million dollars of fees on top of that. You're wondering like how in the world, like is that even the situation that got me here? It's over your head. It's complex. Everyone would look to the advice of someone who actually knows what they're doing, who has actually won court cases in this field before every one of us would wisely receive that counsel. And so we, we would thank God for that lawyer in that situation. Now, here's where I'm going with this. Complex court cases, no one would go into one without a lawyer. We, we, that's what their job is. They know the code. They know the rules. They know the complexities. No one should go about life. Think about the life we live, the complexities of life. Think about yourself sitting in, in the, the cold metaphorical jail cell of your own mind, wondering like what's next and what are you going to do? And some of us struggle with mental health. Some of us don't know what's next. Some of us have uh, things in our lives that are uh, beyond our control and we're wondering what's going to be next, what's going to happen. And, and then we get assigned to us by the Lord a Holy Spirit. How many of you would not want that? It would be crazy to not accept this advocate. It would be crazy to not accept this counsel, this wise guide. So let me ask you this question as, as we kind of um, talk about here, point one. Have you heard from the Holy Spirit? Do you know when the Holy Spirit is calling you? 
Do you know what the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like? Do you see him as a guide? And where is he guiding you to? Do you see him as a wise counselor, as an advocate who is bringing you through life? Receive the Holy Spirit. He is our advocate. Once again, we'll put it on the screen. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. Now we have a better idea of what this means. But some of you might still be asking, okay, what is the Holy Spirit anyways? Which, by the way, that's probably a a poor way to word the question, and I will uh, tell you why in just a minute. But if you're asking, okay, what is the Holy Spirit? And even more confusing, sometimes, uh, like as a kid, I grew up talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I grew up in church, and then we went to my grandparents in Ohio, my dad's side of the family, and when they prayed, and when they went to church, they were more Kings, Kings Jamie, Kings... King Jamesy, anyways, and they would say the Holy Ghost. And as a kid, I'm like, are they the same religion? They believe in ghosts. And I thought about like Ghostbusters and Casper the Friendly Ghost and Scooby Doo. And I was like, man, that's so weird that they believe in ghosts. And is this right? Is this what we believe? And as a kid, I just I was totally confused. It's the same thing. Uh, the Holy Spirit, the spirit in the Greek is pneuma. And so whether you say spirit or ghost, it's the same thing, by the way. But a better way to phrase the question, what is the Holy Spirit, is to say, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not the weird person of the Trinity. He's the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is one in being with God the Father, God the Son. There are three persons, and we can talk about the Trinity, how the three persons are co-eternal, co-substantial, all equal, but, but the Holy Spirit is fully God. He's not a feeling. He's not like good vibes. The Holy Spirit is God himself. Here's another pop quiz for you. Where do we first see the Holy Spirit in the Bible? I mean, the the New Testament is chock full, right? Throughout the book of Acts, Holy Spirit comes. Uh, The Gospels, Jesus says, he's coming, he's coming. And then then the Acts and the letters, we see the Holy Spirit. We see the Spirit leading, see the Spirit guiding. But if you back up into the New Testament, is he there? Yes, he is. Is he there through David? Yes, we see him with the with you know, Spirit of God comes upon him. We see him uh, here and there in the, in the books of old. But do you know where the very first place we see him? Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens. heavens verse 2, And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. This is, I mean, he's right there. Page one, verse, technically verse two, but he's right there. Like, was he created from God? No, 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 he is God. That's why he was there. And he is hovering over the waters. Some of you, I've told this story before, and it's very, it's not like bad theology, but it's very weird theology. You wanna hear a quick story? So I, I lived in Florida, excuse me, I lived in California for one year. I went surfing a bunch. I learned how to surf. There was a group of buddies and we would all go surfing and we, we were studying uh, theology at Fuller Seminaries and working on our master's degree and learning to become pastors. Uh, some became counselors, some became uh, church leaders and teachers and uh, a really great group of friends. And one of the guys who was working on his doctorate, his name was Joel, a little bit older than us. He was kind of the alpha male in the group, always like getting a party together 
together to go surfing. We'd hit all the different uh, breaks and I learned to surf. He took me surfing. It was wonderful. And you get him talking about surfing and he would, he would talk about surfing and you get him talking about theology and surfing and some really weird things would be said. Like in the beginning, God was hovering over the water. The spirit dude was hovering over the waters. You know what he was doing? Dude, he was surfing, dude. And, and he, would, he would go on and on. It's like, so when we surf and we hit those waves and we're like getting the stoke, like we're, we're being like God before he formed anything. Dude, it's like we're part of the spirit when we're in the water and we're surfing, dude. And he was like, it's not bad theology, but it's weird theology. But he, he was just this kid. That was a side note to the message the point being, the Spirit is there right in the beginning. Genesis 1, with God, the Spirit is God. And he's, he's one in being and he's there with the Son and the Father. And the Spirit is right there. The Spirit was not created. The Spirit is the creator. He's right there with God because he is God. And I think we have a concept of God. We can think about God as Father, Right? I think many of us know what a good father is, whether we had a good father or not. I had a great father, have a great father. He's probably watching online right now. Thanks, dad. Hi, dad. Um, I try to be a good father. I got Rowan in here. Rowan, am I a good dad? Yeah, I'm a good dad sometimes, most of the time. And so I try to, so we all have a concept of, of what a good father is or should be. And so we can like, oh, that's what God the father is is like. And we sing the song, he's a good, good father. That's who he, yes, of course. I think we can get that. And then we, we can think about God the Son. God the Son, Jesus. We, we have the stories of what he said and what he did and how he died and rose from the dead. And we celebrated that too uh, now three weeks ago on Resurrection Sunday morning. And how wonderful that like we all have this concept of God the Son, Jesus. And then when we get to the Spirit, and we ask the question, who is the Holy Spirit? Somehow our theology goes Star Wars. <laughs> it goes into like this, the force. And we start talking about like, the force is strong with this one, which is uh, trying to do a Yoda. I won't do it again. I apologize. <laughs> but like, I think of the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force, not good vibes. The Holy Spirit is not an accessory piece. He's God. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. Although sometimes people talk about, oh, the Spirit's here. I feel him. And that's wonderful. That's great. People talk about, oh, the, the Spirit is, you know, I've just felt so warm. That's great. But that in and itself, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fully God. And he's not just a force. He is God himself. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm about to say something, and so I want you to listen. Like, uh, and maybe some of you will, will like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it is. That's, that's a really good point. Um, if, if I was the, an enemy of the church, I, what I would want to do, if I wanted to crush the church and, and take the church's power away, well, then I would just have the Holy Spirit be like, uh, unpowerful. The Holy Spirit be dehumanized. The Holy Spirit be... Um, uh, emasculated, like I would take the Holy Spirit away from the church and just talk about it as like as some sort of force. The Holy Spirit is not a force. 
He is God himself. He is worthy of our worship. And the church is most empowered. You and I are most empowered when we know we have the Holy Spirit. We walk in confidence with the Holy Spirit. We could say we have him. We've been baptized. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we go out. We live our lives knowing that this good, holy guide, advocate, friend, powerful helper is with us and we are following him doing the father the son the holy spirit's will can i get an amen for that the the spirit of the church the holy spirit in the church what i mean the holy spirit in the church gives us power you know i think sometimes about my own preaching and you know sometimes i think oh i said it well that that time but sometimes I, i go uh either from here or even like while I'm preaching, I'm like, man, I messed that up. I kind of fumbled around there or I forgot a whole section. Like, why didn't I even talk? I've missed a section of my notes. I'm just, you know, I I think as a speaker, as a communicator, I I often beat myself up. It's like, yeah, I preached the word, but it just wasn't that good. And then it's usually those Sundays where someone will come up to me or someone through the week will email me and say, hey, when you talked about this, when you brought that scripture to your sermon, man, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Someone will say, I've been thinking about that same verse all week long. And then you said it and you preached about it. Wow. Or even my wife and I will be like, oh, we, 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 she was going to say this and I was going to say this and it was the same thing and we didn't talk about it. Wow, that has to be the Spirit, when we preach, when we hear the word, when we're listening and praying and worshiping and we have these, these feelings like the Spirit is with us, that's just, in my mind, that's like, that's the evidence that God is with us. His Spirit is with us. His Spirit is speaking to us despite like someone like me fumbling around, like the Word of God is being spoken and the Spirit of God allows us to hear what God wants us to hear. I think about this summer, we're going to do a uh, New Life Man or Two kids camp, and our kids can certainly come. You register your kids. The link is up. Go to New Life Church, Man or Two, uh, find our kids camp page, register your kids, but it's really going to be a camp for the kids who don't usually come to church. We're going to get the word out to the schools, to the businesses. We're going to try to get as many kids to come to a free camp. And you're giving. Thank you for when you give to New Life Manitou. We're going to give the kids uh, free lunches every, every day. That week, we're going to give the kids a great time. We're going to have crafts. We're going to go all out, make a really cool kids camp. And in the end of the day, it's like, well, we're going to do our part, which is singing some songs, maybe doing some skits. Maybe some of us will, will preach a little message. Maybe some of us will have conversations. Maybe some of us will uh, be part of the bounce houses. Maybe some of us will do this and that. And at the end of the day, if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up, well, then the kids are going to leave and be like, oh, that was kind of fun. Lunch was okay. But if the Holy Spirit shows up, then we're going to see lives transformed. Little lives, maybe some of our own lives transform watching the Holy Spirit move among us and lives conform to him and the power of God being seen among us. Amen. Amen. One more closing story. This, this is a story from church history. Uh, does anybody recognize the name John Wesley? Anybody raise your hand? I see all those. Yeah, a great figure in church history. Came from a wonderful, wonderful family. Like not just a Christian family, but like a Christian 
all-star family. In the 1700s, little John Wesley was born uh, to his parents, whose parents also had like 19 other kids. Some of those kids uh, passed away in infancy, but about 11 kids uh, made it to adulthood. And of those 11 kids, one of uh, John Wesley's brother was uh, Charles Wesley, who wrote, guess how many songs? He's, he's big in the, the church hymn world. Six. 1,500 something songs. Like, like you've sung his songs and you probably didn't even know it. Like think about it. that's a song a day for like 18 years. But anyways, that's Charles Wesley. There was John Wesley. His, his mom was like the saint. She wrote books about devotion. She's just a wonderful all-star family. His dad was a Christian minister and Anglican priest. And Char, uh, John Wesley goes to Oxford to become a priest like his dad. He's in Oxford and he ha- he's in a little group with some other college students. And they, do you know what the name of the group was? The Holy Club. Have you heard that before? He's in a little group called the Holy Club. There's like Whitefield in there, some other big names that would become these uh, Christian revivalists and, and be huge uh, like world changers for the Christian message. So John Wesley's in this little group. I and mean, think about your college years and most college years, you know, your life wasn't like this, but John Wesley's life, he was in a Holy Club. He had accountability and devotion and uh, he would, he would, uh, he would fast like several times a week, this little club until like three or four in the afternoon, which is kind of cool. And then he would memorize not just long passages of scripture, but long passages of scripture in Greek with his other little friends. And they were like so methodical in their devotion and their discipline that people began making fun of him and saying, oh, you guys are just a bunch of method followers. Oh, method this and method that. And you're all, you know, you're so disciplined. You're like a bunch of methodists which is a little piece of like church history that he would then form a church and they would be called the Methodists. And so here's a guy that just, you know, he's, he's like an all-star Christian. He's a, he's a, he's came from a great family. He's a priest. Uh, he becomes a missionary to the United States. But at the time, the United States wasn't yet the United States. It was just the colonies. And so he's on a boat going to be a missionary to the Native Americans in what is today the United States. And there's a huge storm. And he writes about this in his journal. It's a very, really cool. If you ever want to read the the journals of John Wesley, it's an incredible uh, book. And he writes about being scared to death because there's a storm and he's in the boat and the sailors and the captains are all like, we're all going to die. It looks like the boat's going down and he's afraid for his life. And he looks over and there's a group of Christians. They're Moravians. And Moravians were known for like people following the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit in church history, a very unique group of people. John Wesley, afraid for his life, looks over and sees this group of people without fear, praying. And something goes off in his mind. He's like, that's not my faith. Like, I'm not, I don't have that kind of faith. Think about this. Like, maybe this is just a part of the message right now for me. Maybe it's for some of you in here that have been Christians for years and years and years of your life. And you're disciplined and you read the Bible and you have this and that. This is John Wesley. He's got all of these things. He's a missionary. He's a pastor. He's a pastor's kid. He's memorized tons of scripture. He was in a holy club. He fasted and he prayed and all this stuff. And he looks over and says, my faith is not like that. He begins a journey to try to find out like, who are these people? And how is it that they have the Holy Spirit in such a way that it's kind of foreign to me? He goes back to England. He researches the Moravians. He goes to a Moravian meeting. It's called Aldersgate. And there, standing in one of these meetings, he 
is overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. He, he talks about inside of him, his heart was strangely warmed. And he journals about how, like, before this time, it's like he didn't even have faith. And here he is, like, being like, it's all new and it's fresh and the Holy Spirit. And you look at someone, like, I look at someone like John Wesley and say, like, how could you, like, you, were, you had it all together. You were like, an, uh, you were an all-star Christian. How could you? Like have this new experience and, and jump into the Holy Spirit. How can you say something like that? And I think here's the word for you. Like no matter where you're at with Christ, maybe there's more. Like maybe there's a whole bunch more. Maybe you've been like drinking after like a little tiny coffee straw, sipping water, but maybe the lid can come off and you can be baptized. You can be filled. Maybe there is so much more of the Holy Spirit that you might look back and say, I don't even know if I was even like on the right track back then, but now the Holy Spirit is so, it's so filled me that my life is totally different now. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to reread the scripture we just read about Jesus saying he's going to send an, uh, an advocate. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray over you. We're, Brett's going to lead us to the communion table where we receive the elements, the mysteries of Christ's grace for us, his body and his blood. And this whole time between now and the close of, of, of this service. And after that, we're even going to have a moment where uh, some people are going to be up here for prayer. If you want to come forward and say, I would like more of the Holy Spirit. You're talking about the Holy Spirit. And I don't know for sure that like he's, like he's in me. Like he's like the power inside of me that's talked about in scripture or in the stories of church history. You want more, you come forward. We will pray for you. So would you stand with me? I'm going to reread um, John chapter 16, Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit coming. Jesus says, very truly, I tell, tell you, it's good that I'm going away. We understand that to be Jesus' uh, human life. He's fully God, fully human. His human life on earth is going to end. He's going to go away. And if he goes away, unless I go away, it says, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because the people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we now pray to you. We believe that you are our most powerful guide, our advocate, our helper. That Jesus, you even said it's, it's better that you're, you're gonna go away so that you can send this advocate, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth that will convict, that will empower so, Lord, as I pray as we receive communion, I pray as we sing this last song, that each one of us would, would look to you. Each one of us, like in that story of like being in a jail cell of our lives, would, would we recognize you if, if a knock came to our door? Would we recognize you if your voice called to us? We, would we recognize you and would we go with you if you led us and guided us? to somewhere where you're going 
So Lord, we receive you now. We, we want you. We want more of you. Our hearts are open to you. Our minds are open to you. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. We pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be poured upon us. That sons and daughters, as it says, will, will prophesy. That the dreams will happen. That this church will be a church known for, for power, for service, for Holy Spirit conversations. Lord, that you would empower us for ministry. Lord, we pray, as we mentioned the kids' camp, Lord, we pray over that, that you would empower us to put on a, a, a camp so that your name would be glorified. Lord, this will be by your power. Lord, we, we do this in your name. We do this re- receiving from you, receiving from your body and blood, knowing that this isn't us. This is your work. This is your will. You are leading us and you are guiding us in your presence. Lord, for your glory on earth, we pray in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.